Welcome to The Fuse Show, a podcast brought to you by Orion with your host, George Vergara, and me, Ryan Donovan. Today, we are happy to welcome our guest, Tina Powell, founder and CEO of C-Suite Social Media. Tina works with some of the top industry leaders of RAAs, asset managers, broker dealers, and fintech firms to create marketing plans and help them build a strong brand. She's also a regular speaker at industry conferences, and if you don't follow her on Twitter or social media, you should. So, Tina, thank you so much for coming on to uh, The Few Show. Uh, me and Donnie are really excited to have you on here. I just saw you at TD Link uh, in Orlando. That just wrapped up. Didn't get a chance to talk with you. You were super busy on the phone, um, but I'm really glad that we got the time to sit down today and talk to you. I'm looking forward to seeing you at T3 in San Diego. So thank you so much for joining. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks to you and Ryan. I'm a big fan of The Few Show. Um, I've listened to the podcast a bunch. I think what you're doing here is great. And I am uh, also to subscribe to your, I'm stalking you via flash briefing. So every day I ask Alexa for my news and I always hear, sometimes they hear a little bit of uh, excerpts from the Fuchsia as well too. So thanks for We're having docked. me. That's, that's yes. fantastic. We're going to have to get you a mug, a Fuchsia <laughs> mug. First we I'm have to get sure. them for ourselves, but then we'll get them for you. You know, I wanted to thank you too. You're such a good friend of Orion. You've been a two-time Fuse uh, conference judge um, at our Fuse conference, so thank you for that. And you're such a positive presence in our industry. So um, we can't we can't thank you enough for coming on board. Really, it's an honor, and I think that the work that Orion has done has really revolutionized the industry. Well, thank you. Thank you. And as George mentioned, we're a fan of yours, and um, one of the things we were hoping to get uh, on this call is really what you've seen, this industry is changing so quickly, uh, so dramatically. I remember uh, we were all talking about um, different ways to market just 10 years ago. An advisor might think that uh, marketing was holding an event at a VFW hall and things have changed so dramatically. Um, so with this industry in a constant state of evolution, can you maybe tell us a little bit about why you decided to focus on communications and marketing for advisors and helping advisors with the, with what they're doing at their firms? Yeah, so it goes back to a personal experience that I had, and I'll give you just the short story. My father was in a nursing home from 2000 to 2005. I found my myself in a situation that I had no planning whatsoever. My father, who was living in another state at the time, he was divorced from my mother when we when when I was like five uh, five years of age. Had no planning, had no insurance had a major medical crisis where all of a sudden, you know, one day he's showing up to work and the next minute people are on the phone, they can't find him, he's collapsed, he suffers a massive stroke. Then having to deal with that and having two kids in middle school and then being totally at the mercy of the system, having no idea how to just sift through nursing homes, rehabilitation homes, centers, and all of that, even Medicare, because he didn't have Medicare Part B. So I'll never forget that. And after that whole experience, they said, you know, what is this lesson here to teach me? And it taught me, first of all, one important lesson of Tina, you need to, there's a lot of stuff that you need to know that you need to get a, get a handle on. And it was the biggest lesson of why the practice of financial planning is so important. And, and that's why I made an absolute intentional decision that there was some way that I was gonna find myself in the financial services industry. And my gateway was through marketing and social media. I started um, taking classes in HTML, went to New York City, went to Noble Desktop Publishers, took 
every single course that I possibly can and eventually had a, a went back to school for a master's at NYU in technology. So that was my gateway. That was my that was my get in the door. And I said to myself, if I can work for these great companies who give this advice, who, again, steward people through difficult decisions, if I can come out just learning and get an on the job uh, training like that. That's that's what I want to be. This industry is so important. Every single person, even if you're working in construction and you're you're putting on steel toe boots and a hard hat going to work, everyone needs to learn about money. Everybody. Yes. It's interesting you say that. And a little sidebar here. Uh, I went to Junior Achievement yesterday. Uh, Orion had done that in uh, Brooklyn. And they have this wonderful, in Sunset Park, this wonderful uh, financial academy. And um it was it was really interesting. The course that we taught to um, kids that came in to learn about budgeting and you know very basic financial planning, how to how to kind of get started the right way. Um, I learned things from it because it's it's it, there's it, it, it's so important. And like you said, regardless of and that's one of the things we talked about. Regardless of what you're doing, whether you're going to go and uh, choose a path where you're going to pick up a skill um, or apprenticeship, whether you're going to go to college, whether you're going to go into an advanced degree program, budgeting and and being able to plan for what do I have and what do I need and what do I want is so fundamentally important. So it, it's. I, I love what we do as an industry, um, and sometimes advisors are really good at that particular part, working with clients, working with them on helping them to achieve their goals, but they're just not that really good at growing their business. That's that's maybe they um, are more internal focused, which is a great thing, but um, I, I guess, you know, just transition a little bit. How do you help those advisors uh, to really market themselves, market their skills, their value proposition, and communicate that with prospective clients and even their own clients? We're, we're past the stage where advisors know that a digital brand and a digital presence is a nice to have. Right now, there's absolutely no mistake about it that it is a need to have. My, my job no longer is to convince people that they need to be have an omni-channel marketing presence and to make sure that their content is found on Google, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Quora. If you need that advice, there's clearly something wrong. Then maybe you're like stuck in a time machine. So I love to work with advisors that have a willingness to get out of the box. Sure. So uh, we've been talking a little bit about, oh, not a little bit, we've been talking a lot about the client experience and how an advisor needs to have a, a superior client experience. And really, it's the, the reason for the advisor integration with the uh, investment platform. Um, we get a lot of advisors that come to us. And I'm just curious, Tina, how would you address that advisor who comes to Georgia I and they sign up for a demonstration and they're just looking to replace their installed portfolio accounting system. And they tell us, you know, I don't really need a client portal. Uh, my clients will call me if they want anything. What's the opportunity cost for that advisor? You, it's If you look at it through LTV, the lifetime value of that, of that client, and you look at the LTV for the clients that they might have also too referred and the people that they might have helped and that business, that retention mechanism. A lot of our industry is so focused on acquisition. And believe me, I'm also too focused on client acquisition. 
It's incumbent on us in this profession, and again, myself included, that we need to up our game with the client experience. But you, and the way you do it is not by you, you know, cobbling something together. Forget it. Why not give it to somebody that's already invested in it, tested it, know that it works, has traction, has evidence. You know, so for the advisor that doesn't want to, I, I almost want to be a jerk about it and say, okay, you know, on to the next person. Because again, we want to be a jerk yeah. about it too. We <laughs> really do. We really speaking do. Of, <laughs> like, speaking of being a jerk, that's that's actually why we brought you on the, epi- the, the show here, Tina. I want you to teach me how to be a jerk about this right here, what I'm about to ask you. Um, so you, I, I, everything you're saying, I 100% agree with, right? Um, having that online experience that I want it now type of um, environment we live in now. I find it so interesting when I am talking to a, an advisor and they're like, yeah, well, let me take a look at the client experience or take a look at the client portal or what have you. Um, the next thing I say is like, can I turn that off? I don't want to show performance. I don't want to show advisory fees or I don't want to show this. And I find it interesting that they're they're interested in a client experience, but they're also interested in turning off the very things their clients are probably going out there to see on a regular basis. So like, how would you approach that with an advisor? How, how, help me be rude to them about that. Yeah. Oh my God, that is such a great question. So really the fundamental question that you're asking for, asking to, and it's a great one, is that how do we get people to change their mindset? I don't know that we can change that. I I know. I've heard the same thing. Oh, we want to benchmark performance to that instead of this because that doesn't really reflect the allocation and stuff like that. Again, unfortunately, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. This is these advisors. The biggest threat that this industry has are threats that they don't see coming. And again, that new somebody's going to come around and somebody's going to be able to show it is going to become the new standard of service, being able to see the fees with internally and externally, whether there is one of my clients right now is dealing with somebody with an annuity. They had no idea how much fees were were involved in that. So it's 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 us. Welcome transparency. Welcome to a complete loss of privacy. Uh, I think the best way to gain business, to gain referrals, to gain AUM um, is and to have a place in this industry is to be truthful, transparent and upfront. I always tell advisors in this day and age, if, if your end client wants to find something out about their account, they will. Right. Whether it's through you. Yeah. Um, or it's through going to directly to the custodian or somehow. So you might as well make it through you so you can control the message and you can you can address it. Right. And it doesn't it, you can make it a positive rather than a negative. I think marketing is still a place where there's a lot of improvement that can be done in this industry. And there's relatively few resources that advisors can can reach out to. I mean, third party resources. But that being said, like social media, in my mind, is like still the Wild West for advisors. Can you talk a little bit about how you how do you work with advisors to help help that part of their business? Everything that we do in marketing, email, websites, Google search, even the old the old school birthday card and anniversary card and, you know, holidays and all of that all of that stuff. Social is still a, is more like a tactical. It's more more of that like alternative asset class. Advisors know that they need it. And the way that I work with them is actually 
is we, we, we slowly ladder into it. It's not like, hi, I'm Tina. Nice to meet you. You know, how's your LinkedIn doing? How's your performance on LinkedIn? We start with the basics in the same way that an advisor would work a client through, um, you know, when they're onboarding a client. You do some sort of a portfolio analysis, right? You've got to understand fundamentally, you've got to understand what's driving that client and what is the marketing goal that they want to achieve. That is really the best place to start and to turn it back. I like to turn it back to my clients like, hey, what brought you here? What, what are we trying to solve for today? Because one client might be trying to solve for, you know, M&A. They might be having discussions where they know that they want to join another firm. And right now it's a matter of just making sure that the right stuff is showing up on Google. They know that not only prospects are Googling them, but prospects who are from a different orientation. I might have another advisor where they are trying, I'll, I'll tell you one of the things that, that happened with, with the TD and Schwab and the whole, you know, Schwab trade, all of a sudden advisors who hadn't done anything for their personal brand are now freaking out. They are freaking, <laughs> the, they are freaking the F out. And, and, you know, that's a reason why of just saying, hey, you know what, the industry is going through rapid change and rapid revolution. And I know that if you Google me, nothing shows up and I'm having palpitations and a nightmare over that. So the strategy is really like a custom strategy, the way that a financial advisor, again, would walk through his client. What are they trying to solve for? And a lot of times advisors are just trying to solve for having a presence, being findable, being searchable, having the right thought leadership. Some advisors have not had any, you know, they don't have time to write. They don't have time to produce content. They like to do it. They're struggling with how to do it and how to do it at scale. Yeah, Tina, can I jump in here and clarify one thing? Like, I imagine that like the really good advisors who have constant content, like I'm not going to name names, but uh, I mean, you know, like the people who are talking about, you know, every 30 minutes, they're putting something out there. How, how are they also running an advisory practice? Do they hire like a witty millennial to just manage their social media account? You know what? The funny thing is, is, it's their whole mindset. They're not going in and saying, oh, I need to post on social media today because of the algorithm. Like they legitimately have a point of view. They have a POV that is just like, they, that they are totally super jazzed about and stoked about. And let me give you something really cool. So yesterday I was with a client in, in New York City. And in, four, in 2019, they made 39 YouTube videos. Count them. 39 YouTube videos. And so in 2018, they made zero YouTube videos. And at the beginning, there was that usual trepidation, right? You know, the content, the, 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 the content methodology is different for each firm. And each person has to figure out, hey, do I like to talk? Or am I okay on a camera? You know, do I have a point of view? Or would I rather just sit there and write 1,500 or, you know, 10,000 words if you're Michael Kitsis? So in this case, the, the, the advisors, the two advisors out of the three that, that, that decided to go this route within the firm said, you know what, we're going to try YouTube. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, where, where are the clients? Like, are, are the high net worth investors that REAs crave, are they watching YouTube? Or for that type of content. Is Facebook a better medium for, yeah, yeah is Facebook a better medium for that kind of content? Um, you know, because you, there's so many different platforms out there. Um, new one, 
Like, do they do TikTok? No, <laughs> so, I, I mean, how do they, how, where, Tina, where, where would you say okay. an advisor who's comfortable with uh, posting, uh, an advisor who's comfortable on camera, an advisor who might be comfortable with a podcast or something, where would you get them to start? Where's their biggest bang for their buck or ROI? An experienced marketer will take your YouTube asset and will transcribe it, create an SRT closed caption designed for sound off, transcribe it, and also to make a blog post from it, embed it and put it on Facebook. And oh, by the way, within your within your and Facebook, you can analyze your audience. And like I did with my clients yesterday, oh, there's one in Tunisia. We know exactly who that person is. Yes, people are watching it, but yes, they're they're watching it on the methodology of their own choice. If we if we look at the lens of YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. Where is Twitter. the where, where's the analytics the best? Because right. LinkedIn drives me nuts with like this person viewed your profile or 150 people from Orion Advisor Services viewed your profile. Like it's not very valuable to me. And uh, I mean, where is the, what's the most valuable platform for analytics in that regard? Google. Uh, They're Facebook? all value. They're all of value. Let me kind of take a step back and then we'll get into the analytics part. The analytics are on every single platform. YouTube analytics are different from LinkedIn analytics are different from Twitter analytics are different from Google analytics are different from Google ad analytics. And you have to look at it that your total marketing uh, initiative and your campaigns through every single lens. But you take an asset and you learn to repurpose it on different channels. So here's the steps what an advisor can do in terms of content and then in terms of looking at through the lens of analytics and deciding whether or not, hey, is this like, am I wasting my time? And with this anecdotally, again, with this client, I said, you know what, if we have zero views, then let's 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 make one video. Are you guys okay with that? Yeah, one video we can do that. Okay, what about yeah, what about would you do another one? If I came in here into the office, we scripted out, would you be okay with that? Yep, okay, we'll do that. Hey, if I showed you the microphone that you need to get and the camera you need to get, would you record some videos actually when I'm not here? Yeah, Tina, I would do that. And if you need me, if would you be okay sending that video to me so that we can slice it and dice it? And you know that weird like pause and look that you had on your face that kind of looked a little creepy. You mind if I edit that out and then we'll post it on YouTube? Oh yeah, I'm fine with that, Tina. So, you know, the, the, the first place to start is to understand what the advisor is, is good at, right? Are you better at writing? Are you better at producing video content? And are you okay to take a micro risk? In this case, these advisors were taking a micro risk, but it was a safe micro risk. We weren't live. We weren't live streaming on YouTube. We were just creating an asset in the same way that we're doing right now. It's editable, you know, and there was coaching involved. There was scripting involved. And, and you don't see all that behind the scenes. The second thing that happens after that is you have to marry yourself to a cadence. You have to say, okay, you know what? And so I have clients that are literally hiring me to to help them manage that client, that, that cadence, like saying, okay, what's the date in March? Well, I'm coming. What do you, you know, when are you ready? And then the, the third thing is to be thoughtful about what that asset looks like. Look, and I'll be totally honest in 2019, I wrote nothing on my blog, zero. You know why? Because my content sucked. And I said, I'm not producing any content. I didn't like my narrative. I didn't like my voice. I kind of felt like it was very dull and boring. 
you know, you have to understand what you're great at. And once you've produced that content, then you put it on multiple channels. And the same way that I explained it about the analytics, then you look at the analytics and you say, hey, is this working? Well, gee, this this asset performed better on Facebook than it did on LinkedIn, but not everything's going to be a hit record, right? You look at, uh, you know, Bad Out of Hell, ACDC, Back in Black. Was every song on Back in Black a hit record? You know, a hit? No. Sure. You know, we have that with this I was podcast just gonna say. too. You know, like you know, we, we have some podcasts that uh, haven't made it to the light of day. We are uh, uh, we're, we're, we're Ram Jam's one hit wonder back in 1984. That's what this is akin to. <laughs> you know, one day, one day they'll get right? released for our fans right? when they're digging in the crates. But they have a process, right? ACDC had a process. Pink Floyd has a process. Dua Lipa has a process. You know, you get in the studio and you. And you just, you know, you put stuff, you put stuff out from an advisor's point of view, understand what you're good at, create a cadence and a workflow around that to, to hold you accountable. And three, put it out on social in a thoughtful way and look at the analytics. There is analytics everywhere. You know, it used to be that, how do I know whether or not this thing is working? Sit down with a marketing expert and they'll show you the analytic. You could just be in marketing analytics. It's a full-time profession. That's how much analytics and how much data we have. What are what are you looking for in the analytics? Do you know, like what is it when you go to the analytics? What is it that jumps out and you say, "Oh, yep, this is working." I'm marrying the analytics to the goal of that marketing campaign or that initiative. Example: website redesign. Right? Yesterday again with sure. that same client, we looked at at three months worth of traffic, and we compare that to the year before that. And, and guess, can you guess what the lift was? Can you guess what the alpha was in new users, time on site, existing users, all the analytics? There was a magic number yesterday that came up. Can you, can you have any idea what, what, you know, a website redesign would do for a client year over, uh, you know, same time, again, if we're measuring the period over compared to as last year? Take a wild guess. George, you like numbers? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We have no yeah. idea. That's why we have yeah. you on yeah. the show. Yeah. Tell us. So it's three, it was 300, like 325%. Up 325%. You look at your analytics and it's like how many advisors right now, if I said to you, hey, you know, hey, George, hey, Ryan, if, if there was an easy mechanism or if you were willing to put in the work and I would help lift your portfolio by 300%, would you do it? 100%. I would think it would have yeah. something to do with like the Ukrainian markets or something like that or something, but yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Is it illegal? Yeah, yeah okay. that would be my next question. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's what we're looking at. What are we measuring and why? There were lots of things that we could have measured, right? Where was referral tra traffic coming through? What was the what was the flow? When people visit the homepage, where's the next thing that goes in? And we looked at analytics before we even designed the site. This is such a, like I said, this is such a, a portion of the industry where there's so little guidance and resources out there. So thank you for coming on, Tina, and sharing a little bit of your insight and what advisors can do. Again, can't thank you enough for, for being a friend of Orion and looking forward to seeing you at, at T3. Thank you. Thank you, George. Thank you, Ryan. Keep up the great work that you're doing, too. Thank you very much, Tina. Thanks, Tina.
Thanks for listening to The Fuse Show. In each episode, your co-hosts, Ryan Donovan and me, George Figuera, will share our take on top fintech news. We'll welcome industry leaders to share their perspectives and keep you up to date on all that's happening at Orion that will help advisors and their firms innovate, disrupt, and win. Feel free to share your thoughts on the show with us and send us questions to cover in future episodes. You can email us at thefuseshow at orion.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we look forward to bringing you episode eight soon.